FM Rewind. We are talking about the fact that COPE held a media briefing yesterday on Tuesday um, at the provincial headquarters in Johannesburg. And this was um, to expand on the idea that we were talking about, or rather that we are going to be talking about right now, as we're talking about the fact that they are saying that people should be voting for individual um, individuals, individual presidents, premiers and mayors, instead of voting for parties as well. So the party general secretary, um, Eric Mosley, did also speak on this and he was saying that they wanted to prevent the common situation where parties protect their leaders at the expense of the people and when it comes to protection of the leaders we remember what happened um, over the weekend where the Secretary General Figilim Balula admitted to protecting the former president and the question is, is are they doing the same thing now with the current president but that's a topic and a conversation for another day otherwise we've got Dede Gurunaf Mashekho on the line to speak to us about about this to get his input and to educate us more. Happy New Year to you, Dada. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Area Code. Happy New Year to you and to Area Code listeners. Dada Mashero, Cope is saying that it's about time that we vote for individuals and not parties. And I think people have mixed emotions around this. And But we would like to know and hear from you. What is it that you think? Is it possible? Is it viable? And can it be done? Well, I think uh, the proposal by by the Constitutional Court last time around when the Electoral Act was taken, the, the amendment that was proposed was for that to happen, for, 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 for exactly that to happen. But it's just that there's going to be a mix of uh, part of those people are going to be elected directly, the other ones are going to come through a party list. Now, I think what COPE needs to demand is not really a change of, it's not really direct representation as it is, but a change of the system. Because in a system whereby people elect uh, their own members of parliament, it becomes easy for a president to emerge. Because as things stand with COPE saying this will be manifestation of the people shall govern, I would like to differ. Because the people governing, it means the people legislating. And we all know the presidency does not make the laws, the presidency makes policy. So I think what COPE should advocate for is for a whole system change, for a whole electoral system to change, whereby we become a consensus-based system instead of just focusing on the president because president electing the president directly without changing the system results in situations like the ones they had in the United States with Donald Trump, the one they had in Brazil with Jair Bolsonaro, whereby people become presidents because they've got bigger budgets and they can be able to rise to that position without really carrying the whole legislative structure with them. So then this is, in as much as in paper, it may sound good and proper, practically then it isn't because like you're saying if a person has a bigger budget then they have a bigger say it's almost as though the moneyed person in the family gets to tell us what to do exactly because ask yourself one question let's suppose uh musiwa lukota contests for a president and he wins the presidency but cope does not perform well as a party now, where will he get his cabinet? Because he needs to get cabinet. He needs to fill positions. He needs, you know, as a, as a head of the executive, he needs to fill cabinet. He needs to fill some of the key positions. Now, right now, if you said to cope, give us 400 candidates, potential candidates for parliament, they are going to struggle to give a party list of 400 people within the party itself. Now, imagine him being a president and needing to fill like 5,000 posts. You need to start working on ambassadors. You need to work on envoys. You need to work on... A, a people in other strategic positions. So a presidency, a president who who is elected directly and does not carry a party with them is going to make it more difficult. 
Left right now, the talk is about why is Mwem going talking about wanting to become president when he doesn't even have a party? Because that is not going to work. You're becoming president. Now you must give us cabinet. You need to, you end up going to the ANC to borrow, for, for, to borrow potential members. And now if the idea is to, con- to combat corruption, you can't combat corruption by using the very same second-hand tools that have proved to have failed in the, in the vehicle that existed before yours. Speaking of having to use second-hand tools, um, which you are making a valid point when it comes to that, what then should one look at, or rather if it was to happen, hypothetically speaking, that we get to vote for individuals? Um, what is it that one should look at when appointing officials? Because already in the ruling party, you've got officials that do not qualify for the posts that they're in. Unfortunately, we are are going to be for a longer time embedded, end up uh, uh, really needing to exist within the system. Let's look at the the system where the president gets elected directly. The the, the simple one you can use the United States. You've got uh, the House or the Congress, as they call it, and you've got the Senate. And the senators and the Congress people, they are elected. The senators are elected at the state level and the Congress people are elected at the district level. And when the president is elected, the president has to work with the Congress and the Senate in order to pass and make laws. But with the president coming from a party, the party is going to provide the president with a cabinet. But the cabinet becomes easy for the president to assemble because they've got primaries, they've got debates, uh, and that starts from the bottom up to the top. The people who fall by the wayside during the debate, some of them might have indicated an understanding of foreign policy, some of them of a health policy, some of them of, of education policy. But they've raised their hands and they didn't succeed to become president. The president goes down to some of those people and invite them to come and serve with him in government because they've demonstrated even to the nation the ability to understand policy. Now, in the South Africa, situation, the president of the ANC doesn't, con- that, that doesn't uh, debate with anyone. The last president to debate was Nelson Mandela debate with the club. Maybe that's why he was able to get the club to become a deputy, because he knew an area where the clerk had expertise. But now the president of the ANC doesn't debate. Um, I, don't, I don't see Mwemwem debating. I don't see Tara Lakota debating with anyone. Now the question will be, if he wins, he is going to struggle to come up with a cabinet. No, so right now what we need is South Africa in the next 15 years to start working towards a system whereby we've got a constituency-based representative, people on the ground, they elect their own their own uh, representative, which means dividing South Africa into 400 districts because we've got 400 members of parliament when you talk about uh, uh, the NCOP and the, and, and, um, and the legislature. Now you divide South Africa into 400 districts and every party's contest and individuals contest in those areas. At the end of the day, the president cannot contest because if the majority of his people want the district, it's going to it's going to be easy for him to get cabinet, even if it's going to be easy for him to get cabinet. But as it is right now, I don't think it's going to work. It needs a whole change of a system, but the change of system is not going to advantage parties like COPE, it's not going to advantage parties like the ANC or even EFF. It's going to advantage parties that don't yet exist. Because I'm one of those that believe that in the absence of in when the ANC dies it's not EFF or DA that's going to step in. It's going to be a whole new party that doesn't exist right now. Can we talk about the fact that they are worried um, about parties protecting their leaders, for example, with what happened um, as Secretary General came out to say that apparently Parliament is the one that forced the ANC to protect former President Zuma. And... Could it be that even now with the sagas and the different kinds of um, cases that have popped up with the president, mainly Palapala, they are still protecting him? Yes, you know, you must remember the ANC once said that an attack on the president is an attack on the organization itself. So 
I don't think that principle has changed. Um, they protected Jacob Zuma, I think, in nine or ten times when it came to food. Even at the time when they were damning reports, even when the, at the time when they were damning court judgments that indicated that he was not suitable for office. Now, even right now, whatever uh, Figueroa Mbala is saying is, prote- is to is to demean uh, the former president Jacob Zuma, but to protect the current president Ramaphosa. Look, to be quite honest, I don't think Ramaphosa delivered on anything that just promised South Africans. There is no single person that's saving time for corruption when it came to COVID procurement. There is no single person that's saving time when it came to to, to some of those damning uh, uh, findings that, that that have happened. Early this year, we have seen, uh, early last year, uh, late last year, we have seen what is being perceived to be a rendition of a person being abducted in a, in a shopping mall and that person being disappeared and there's nobody who's being held accountable. Even Ramaphosa is not saying anything. The ANC is saying nothing and the Minister of Defense is saying nothing and the Minister of Police is saying nothing. So that tells you that already there is a whole layer of protecting the president of the ANC. So I think what Bola said really just speaks to the hypocrisy of the ANC to say they don't exist for South Africans. They exist for their president. That is why at the end, South Africa was plunged into those billions worth of debt under Jacob Zuma because time and time again, they knew that he was actually on the wrong side, but they protected him, which is something we should expect that they are doing right now with Ramaphosa and Palapala and Lady R and some of these other issues that keep on rising in the country. Well, thank you so much for your time. But before I let you go, just a bit of a side journey there. The president is saying that should people not vote for the ANC come next year, that's the end of grants. Your take on that? It's like a, a person telling their intimate partner that um, if you don't want me anymore, I'm going to take away the car. I'm going to check out of the house. I'm going to take away the the, 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 the allowance. You know, it's blackmail and it's a, it's a green lie. You know, if lies have color, I think that's a green lie because there was social grass even before the ANC came into power. It's just that they were intermittent to the part of black people. They got, they, they received them six months, uh, six times a year. White people got them 12 times a year. And the whole regime of social grants is not an, is not an ANC thing. There are countries Actually, the Scandinavian countries, when you go to Europe, the Finnish, the Swedish, they've got a better system, a system even better than the one that you are having. So I think for Sildur Maposa to talk about Nessos disappearing, when we had TEFSA before Nessos, there was a, there was a grant before this, this current one. The difference is just that this one is even managed in a way that is susceptible to corruption. The other one was better managed because it was exciting within the point of higher education instead of it being subcontracted to outside parties that are corrupting it to the point whereby some of the students end up not getting money. Social grants, I mean, who needs social grants? But old age grants are there. What government needs to do is to make sure that few and few people get social grants by making sure that few, by making sure that more and more uh, people can be able to make livelihoods. So I think that is scaremongering. That is him really intimidating a lover to say, if you leave me, I'm taking away the credit card. And, you know, it means there's no more love. The NC is aware that nobody loves it, but it's going to keep people hanging on it because it's providing them with cars and with credit cards. Thank you so much for your time. So good enough. It's always a pleasure having you and always, always a pleasure getting inside from you. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> he is good enough, Mashiko, political analyst. And yes, I must say, one of the very few who would throw in proper shade and you would sit with it comfortably. <laughs> well, we're having a discussion with him as well in regards to what Cope was saying, um, saying that it's time people actually voted for individuals. And he is saying that on paper, 
it makes sense. Practically, no, it doesn't because of the work that has to go into it. And not only the work that has to go into it, um, all the things that need to be considered around it as well. And I like what he says. The fact that he's saying that the presidents now aren't having debates with people so they don't get to know and think um, or rather get an understanding of what the next person thinks. FM Rewind. 88.1.